Hey, this is Claude Miles from Concave, and you're listening to Five Year Mission, the podcast on the Trek Geeks Network. Five-Year Mission, the podcast, episode 17. This episode of Five-Year Mission, the podcast is brought to you by Fansets, your home for all things pop culture pin related. Head over to fansets.com and see all that they have to offer. And also stay tuned at the end of the episode for a very special offer from us here at Five-Year Mission. By now you've figured out that this is the Five-Year Mission podcast. Welcome, Welcome to the podcast. The podcast. <laughs> that was completely unrehearsed. <laughs> that was almost a little too good, though. I know. So anyway, we didn't actually get together to do a podcast this week. We're just getting together just to do the intro and the outro because we recorded this. When when was this, Mike? Uh, the end of February. Third, third, last weekend of February. Yeah. Yeah. So this was a uh, live from Green oh, no, Bowling Green. Green. I almost said Greensburg, Kentucky. <laughs> from Bowling Green, Kentucky, at Concave, uh, our probably our favorite convention of the year that we've been doing for the past. Uh, I think it's seven years now, six or seven, maybe now. I think it's seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It sucks because uh, normally we'd be going and doing summer concave. Yeah. That would have been this month. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was supposed to be like the, because last year it was like the weekend of the 22nd Mm -hmm. because uh, I had driven all the way to Richmond, Virginia to go see a veil and then back to do a show. And then it was uh, my girlfriend's birthday the following day. Yep. So not doing that this year because we are still social distancing and we are still now it's mandated you have to wear masks where we live in marion county indiana yeah. i think that's good no it's fantastic i think that that should have happened two months ago F- four months ago yeah. <laughs> should have been on it nationwide back in march yeah we're not a smart country <laughs> Speaking of smart, <laughs> um, we had the bright idea a while ago to bring back the What Are Little Songs Made Of series that we started over on the Tricorder Transmissions Network of Podcasts and uh, basically stole ourselves from ourselves from them. That, that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. It, it works. Yeah. But next in line, it was for... Um, Tomorrow is yesterday. The- Tomorrow's yesterday, the famous astronaut Air Force space episode. Time travel. Yeah, where Kirk swings from a doorway and <laughs> drop kicks a bunch of dudes. It does have a pretty fantastic fight scene. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, it, I, I'm always more fascinated at close quarters fight scenes. Yeah. But it's, it's made even better when it's a close quarters Kirk fight scene because he like – bumps people with his butt and swings swings from doorways and launches off of walls. I'm sure I mentioned this when we talk about it in the episode, but I got to say again, my favorite, this is one of my favorite Kirk fight scenes because he just, there's one part where he just like throws himself into three guys and knocks them down. Just yeah, like, like sideways. He yeah. like launches himself <laughs> sideways. 
So, so dumb. And of course, all three guys are knocked out by this. Oh, yeah. There's like, <laughs> like human, human military's dominoes. Oh, my gosh. So this, is, this was recorded all in a hotel room. I think we had two microphones going, and then uh, well, we were yeah. sitting on beds. I set up two microphones, <laughs> but... And then what happened? It, it was concave, so I wasn't thinking entirely straight. <laughs> we drink a little too much at concave and drinky Mike is not always the most, uh, uh, cognizant yeah. of drinkies. I, both microphones were going, but they were into the same channel. So we really only have one recording. So in other words, we apologize in advance for the crappy audio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that's why we're getting together to do this intro. Yeah. So we're not going to mess around anymore. Without further ado, let's hop into this slightly drunken conversation. I think this was right before we played a show that night. Yes, uh, we played at 10 and we recorded this around 8. Oh, wow. We were really cutting it close that night. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick was trying to take a nap before the show and we woke him up to do this. So Patrick's on this episode. I I know it's a, it's a, it's a Patrick episode because it's Patrick's song. Yeah. So of course we had to have the guy that wrote the song in it. So enjoy a Patrick episode. the podcast this is going to be another edition of what are little songs made of that we started over on the tricorder transmissions years ago and decided to finally get it back up and running now that we have our own podcast so we're recording live from concave 41 in bowling green kentucky where we're playing a show here in what like two hours ish ish three yeah. three hours two hours and oh yeah three hours and 12 minutes we go on stage. Not that we're keeping track. I, oh, I certainly am. Because there's still dinner to eat beforehand. There is something extra special about this particular episode. That all five of us are here? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the first time. The first time ever. Yeah. yeah it's a, a five-year mission. The podcast with five-year five mission. missions. <laughs> yeah. All five of the missions. Yeah. Missions. <laughs> <laughs> So now we are landing on the episode uh, Tomorrow is Yesterday, which is definitely a classic episode of TOS and a classic five-year mission song, written by first-time five-year mission the podcast guest, Patrick <laughs> O'Connor. First time? It is it first is. time he, outside of episode zero. Oh, it's zero. He, he was yeah. on episode zero. You're not counting we, zero. We, we were all on episode zero, but we weren't all together yeah, on right. episode zero because mm. Chris sucks. <laughs> what? Wow, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> Why did I suck? Because you weren't there for the initial... Why wasn't I there? Yeah, no, you didn't come to practice that day. There's a reason. Probably. I'm sure. <laughs> Next. <laughs> <laughs> I made up for it since then. So let's talk about the episode. Okay, Coco. What did we talk? I don't remember what we called, Mike. Yeah, I know. And I'm not going to remind you. <laughs> okay. All right. Tomorrow's yesterday. So we're discussing the episode first? Yeah, oh, yeah Patrick. We, we, we go back and forth, however it okay. flows. 
naturally. So you was. wrote the song. Yeah. Well, in terms of the episode, it was just one that I knew right from the beginning when we t- first started working on the project together that it was one that I wanted to do because I had an idea for it. And also, it was one of my favorite episodes growing up. Um, I like how it sort of broke with the usual formula, you know, where it didn't start with a stock shot of the Enterprise flying through space. You know, it yeah. started in yeah. what was then modern day 1960s, you know, with it on the Air, the Air Force radar. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just wondering, wow, what's going on here? <laughs> also, other than that little snippet at the end of The Naked Time, it's it's the first actual Star Trek time travel episode. That's true, yeah. Literally. Yeah, the whole slingshot trip. effect yeah. thing, I don't know about that. <laughs> the science on that is very sound. <laughs> it was, it's Roddenberry science, so it's fine. <laughs> he, he started a thing. How did they go, how did they time travel on that episode? I don't remember. They shot around the sun. Did they shoot around the sun? By accident at first, right? right? At first, and yeah, then they yeah. had to figure well, out. Because they, they, they like wake up on the bridge and they're floating like they're in orbit on Earth. Mm. Amongst the clouds. So, so yeah. the, the slingshot method. Yeah. And I don't know why every time... Slingshot effect. Whatever. <laughs> you you, you say it in your song. <laughs> I know. I know, but it just... Never mind. <laughs> yeah, one thing I never understood is uh, when when they first go back, they're, in, in every episode that they use the slingshot thing, yeah. like they wake up like, oh, I'm all groggy. I don't know what just happened. Where are we? What year is it? But at the end, when they, when they resolve everything and they go back to their own time, there's no problem. There's no jet lag. They just go. <laughs> jet lag. <laughs> Maybe they just skipped over that part for the sake of ending the episode. Yeah. And not having people waiting around wondering what happened. <laughs> well, we can't we can wait for the crew to wake up. Let's just get to the end of the episode, guys. Come on. Time travel is always worse when you go back than when you go forward. Yeah. You know, and it really... From, from all your time travel experience. It's, no. like, it's, like, it's like flying east versus flying west. The worst thing about time travel is how it screws up the verb tense. You know, like Will had having, had, having been. It's just... <laughs> That's very, sound, con- very confusing. That, that sounds like a weird, a weird like rich villain's name. Will have had having been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see you fell into my trap. Will have having been. So the will have had having been. <laughs> played by Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's 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 my, my back team cucumber sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this episode starts with Captain John Christopher, whose name I will never forget. <laughs> you, you, US I wonder Air why Force. that is. <laughs> so I, will, I can never, I will never remember. 3257-09. 8675309. 555-12. I can only I can only remember when I sing it. When I hear it, like, Serial here it is. 4, 8, 5, 7, 9, 3, 2. Yeah. Blue J4. <laughs> Sometimes live I try to match the numbers with my hands, but I can never. Oh, yeah. I, I can never do it. Because I'm playing the You one. should concentrate <laughs> on what you're playing. I'm doing the one handed keyboard. I got my other hand free. Uh, you're, yeah. a bad, you're a bad influence on him. Yeah. <laughs> Mike taught me how to use my other hand, my free hand. You got to use that other hand yeah, to entertain the audience. Yeah. Wow. That, that was disgusting. <laughs> 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 is, that, is that the name of my sex tape? <laughs> Absolutely, it is now. <laughs> you gotta use the other hand. Army Ninja. The use the other hand to entertain the audience. Check, please. <laughs> uh, Back to the episode. <laughs> Back to the lecture at hand. 
So, on year one, we... I don't know about you guys, but I pretty much sort of threw things at the wall to see what stuck and just had a good time writing stuff and recording stuff. And, and then I felt like when we got to year two, we sort of branched out a bit and tried to do something a little more uh, interesting musically or a little more thoughtful as far as the arrangement. Mm-hmm. And this was, for me, this was kind of the song that started that, where you know it actually had different sections to the song. Like the main part of the song was completely different from the opening and the close of the song. Yeah. And um, since it was since the episode was set in the 1960s, I was very aware I was trying to make something that sounded like it could have been done in the 60s, especially the the opening and the ending of the song. Yeah. So we, so we have the opening part, which describes what happens at the beginning of the episode um, after they've gone back into time in time in the episode, uh, and then when uh, events are sort of fixed by the Enterprise crew, then we have the same scenario at the end of the episode, except they don't spot the Enterprise. And so that's that's the idea behind the song, was to have it repeat the intro and have it be changed at the end. So we have that rewind yeah. sound effect. And that was very much sort of like a uh, revolver tape loop kind of idea. Like uh-huh. I wanted it to be sort of that mid-60s sort of feel. With that. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I heard the, the demo and it got to the end, I was really excited to hear that and I thought, I thought it was a, a cool idea it's clever yeah and that was that was I think the first one we ever did where we because normally we would draw we, we had the process that sort of went on as we figured out what we wanted to do best to choose songs but that one I traded with Mike um, because I had an idea for it really what, to do that yeah, you, what, what, what did you trade me for Aaron Mercy Oh, perfect. Okay, that yeah, that's, that's fine. That and Aaron out. and Mercy may be a better episode, <laughs> but uh, I just I had a, real, a idea for this one that I really wanted to do. So yeah, I always really liked. I remember hearing the, the demo, and I and it had the the tag there that was like the beginning, mm-hmm. but it just had that one you know that little one little line alteration. Yeah. I, I just thought that was really cool. And then it's just over. Really, <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was a really interesting choice. Because it's, I mean, a, a lot of the songs we do have, you know, that literal aspect to them. Yeah. But this one was, it just fits so well. You know, it had that literal aspect, but it just fits so well. I, I, I thought it was really cool. This might have been the first one. This might have been the first one that I wrote too, where I was thinking about the feel of the episode. You know, because I, I really got more into that on year two and three. And later on, whereas the, the first one, I was just trying different stuff to see what worked. Um, but I think on this particular album, definitely was going for the feel, capturing the feel of the episode or the mood of the episode. Did the song. <clears throat> when you were writing it, was it um, was it one of those that just came out, or was it difficult to? No, it, it came out really pretty quickly. Yeah, I had to figure out what I wanted to do as far as that backwards tape thing, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and we had we went back and forth about how long we wanted the tape to rewind. Yeah. And at first it was like 30 seconds yeah. long, and then we cut it down to like 20 seconds, and then we cut it down to like 10 seconds. And like still too long. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, I think I, I was pushing for it to be longer. Longer, not not longer than 20 or 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, of course. Yeah, because it would get monotonous if it <clears throat> went too much longer than the it did. entire song in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> when it came out. mixes, didn't it? Yes. Because I, I yeah. remember, I feel like I remember. Yes, it that was like the last thing we changed. I'm yeah. pretty sure. When we were recording year two, and 
I was mixing it. This is when I worked overnight at the hotel. Oh, yeah. And right. I know one night I spent an entire, I think the whole night working on that alone <laughs> like for like five or six hours just playing with different sounds and different ways to do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I probably came up with like a 20 to 30 second long one that sounded really cool. And I'm like, it's got to be that. <laughs> <laughs> And then you remembered that it was like the middle of the night and you'd listen to it a hundred times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, that's also, uh, I think this is the song that I had, uh, I had spent all that time working on it and then that computer like died in the middle oh. of, of mixing this album oh. and I had lost a few things and I thought I had lost that entire night's work. Mm-hmm. And uh, I... Luckily, found it on something else that I had backed up a mm, couple with good. you know within those few days. So uh, when we were backing that up to like a cloud thing, or were we backing it up to I, a hard drive? I think I was just ba- backing it up, like copying it manually, like we like burning discs, burning, <laughs> burning discs, ah. and copying them to another computer. Yeah. So luckily, I had done it because it was a lot of work. <laughs> it turned out really good. Yeah. The five, the five seconds of it turned, turned out pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I think we made the right decision to make it short. Yes. <laughs> Actually, uh, it, it, it is the song that you hear in reverse, but I actually used the demo. Oh, oh really? Instead of the song. I never knew that. Yeah, because when I, I used the, the actual song the first few times working on it, and it was just so noisy and messy, it didn't sound like mm-hmm. something in reverse. Right. Yeah. So I actually just did the, used the demo instead, and it sounded like the song being rewound. Yeah. So. Oh. Yeah. Interesting tidbit that we did not know. Yeah. Yeah. Was that something that, I mean, were you just, you know, trying stuff and that <laughs> it was you have an idea it was like 4:45 in the morning at, <laughs> at the La Quinta Inn <laughs> I was willing to try anything <laughs> so when we release year two on vinyl we'll go ahead and include the full 30 second version <laughs> yeah album. yeah when when, we, when we put out the entire catalog on vinyl in one collection that's like a thousand dollars per copy yeah. it'll have an extra like 15 seconds of rewind yesterday <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll put that right on the cover. Previously on extra fifteen demo. seconds. <laughs> yeah. So technically, you could BJ. slow that way down and reverse it and hear part of the demo. No, it'll be it'll be, it'll, it'll be like a message from Satan. <laughs> well, we'll mix that in. At obviously. that point, it will. Uh, hey, kids, eat your vegetables. <laughs> this is Satan. Um, I think this might be the first song that I got to really experiment with lead guitar on. I was going to mention, I really um, like your lead guitar on this. I, I did some lead on a couple of the year one songs, but it was a little more basic. Like, I did Charlie X. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that had, like, an actual, like, lead guitar, not just, like, you know... I think we, we on year two especially, we just kind of allowed ourselves the extra time to experiment more. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did those harmony guitars on the beginning of the song, too, which, of course, we never do live, but they're layered on the, the intro and outro of the song. Yeah. And I, I kind of forget about them because we never play it that way, but then when I hear the recording, I was like, oh, yeah, those harmony guitars are on there. And just like most Patrick songs, the demo was missing the section that had the lead part on it. And I would, and I, I suggested, hey, let's extend that so I can play something. Oh, is that right? Yeah, because just like with uh, Charlie X and a couple other ones, I can't think of them right now, but 
you know, you on your demo, I think you went straight into that next part. And, oh, yeah. And I, I asked if we could. Yeah, I, I didn't remember that. Yeah. But that makes sense. I think this was the second song that I played bass on. Because I played bass on the, the cage on year mm -hmm. one. I don't think I played yeah. bass on uh, Enemy else. Within. Anime. Oh, yeah. But uh, that, that one was... We just kind of made that up as we recorded yeah, it. We, we did. forgot it. Yeah, and then the cage we played all the time. But then we did Tomorrow's Yesterday. It's the first bass line I had that wasn't just... Following the chords. Yeah, it mm -hmm. wasn't just like the, the root notes. So I actually got to move her. I mean, and that was early on when I was just first picking up the bass. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that was... Oh, and and then we went on to wasn't uh, yeah Aaron and Mercy was on that album too so yeah. I, I tried yep. to I tried to stretch myself on bass but the uh, but tomorrow's yesterday was the first one that I actually got to do and that, that was I think that's where I started really liking to play the bass mm -hmm. when we started doing that one and I got to do a lot of good harmonies on that one too yeah that was that was fun I, I like how those turned out um, and also we've uh, our demos used to be very simple and we've started doing more and more complex demos. We're all looking in Noah's direction. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, no. I was looking in Noah's direction because he wasn't paying attention. No fully realized songs, <laughs> a.k.a. demos. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll, you'll hear some of mine like that pretty soon for year five. <laughs> Not mine. You're stuck with the acoustic guitar and <laughs> mumbling words yeah. in the background. Um, back to the episode. Yeah. Um, yes. I um, one of my favorite fight scenes uh, is in this episode. In the uh, in the office. Yeah, <laughs> but when uh, yeah when there's like three guys and Kirk throws himself into all three, knocking them out. He's turtles swinging from a doorway. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the episode, and I, I could be wrong, but I and there's probably multiple episodes that this happens. But there's a fight scene, and Kirk is like away from where the action is mm -hmm. and some you know they've got guns or something and instead of like rolling to cover he rolls towards them stands <laughs> up in like <laughs> like like open view of everybody and then goes after him or like it's like why did you do that it's like it's like those old swashbuckling movies where, where, where like where like the guy gets knocked down and he pops up and is like ha ha yeah, yeah. how about you yeah <laughs> so that yeah that's a fun uh Another fun uh, fight scene. Another demonstration of Kirk foo. <laughs> uh, speaking of Kirk, there was another nuance in writing this song, which we talked about before, with uh, one of the opening lines of the rock section of the song, because we did record this in sections too. I think it's probably the first time we did that. Yeah, we did. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, going into the rock part, the the opening lines are uh, "Little Green Men" from Alpha Centauri. Um, which, oh, yeah. which in the episode, he William Chatner flubs the line and says Alpha Century. Yeah. Um, and so I looked up the script, and the script says Alpha Centauri. So I had to debate which way to do it. <laughs> and I think I ended up doing it to be a little obscure, so you couldn't quite tell. But it, yeah, Alpha Centauri is what it's supposed to be. There's a few times like that in Star Trek where yes, they yeah. mispronounce a word, and you have to decide what you wanted. Yes. What you wanted to say. But, but we really do take the time to consider those things. Well, we're, we're that dorky. There was the episode. That we, there was the episode we just recently talked about where they said quasar three, yeah. like three different ways in the same episode. Yeah, uh, quasar, 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 and quasar. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, can, can we come to a consensus? Jeez. Well, they had that problem with the Mugato as well. Oh yes, like, oh, no yeah. one could get it right. Well, that's yeah. why they called it the Mugato because it was something else. DeForest Kelly couldn't say it, and so and so they had to change it. And then Shatner 
kept calling it Mugatu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, if you watch that episode, there's, you know, they say it at least three different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think even in the credits, it's spelled different than what it they might said. be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, is is so. Tomorrow's yesterday. Is that the first episode where they are? In uh, where they go down to just day. Earth, where it's modern day. Yes. Um, yeah. Sure. yeah. Well, I mean, it's definitely the first episode they go to modern day Earth. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the first episode where they go to Earth. Period. Yeah. Okay. That's why. Because yeah. I mean, you know, City on the Edge of Forever, they go to Earth. Earth exists. Yeah. And they go there. <laughs> but that's, on, uh, yeah, that's after. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. But it's it's just. Um, that, yeah, that was the first one that I. Well, it was it was kind of interesting that the the first time they wind up going to Earth in the series is to the military, and considering the time that oh, yeah. this was airing, like everything was military based and everything, so mm-hmm. it was kind of it's kind of kind of neat to be able to see like they're not at war; they're just running like exercises uh-huh. around like the U.S. and it's like. All of a sudden, there's a there's a UFO. Right. How would how would the Air Force react if that happened? You know, it seems fairly logical. <laughs> <laughs> was that so? I don't remember when was Area 51 and that that whole thing. 47. 47. Oh, Patrick saw it. Okay. I was about to look it up. <laughs> so yeah, well, yeah, well, because uh, from Little Green Men, I'll always remember it because of that episode. Oh, oh yeah, uh, the dead DS9 episode. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I just, it's funny because um, I wonder, you have to wonder if that is, I mean, I know it was 20 years later, but it's interesting to think, you know, I, I would have to assume that that was influential oh, on yeah. that, you know, just like the reaction and, right. what, how, you know, what they would do. Like they had some kind of uh, things, you know, steps set in place. Yeah. A protocol for what yeah. to do when that happens. Yeah. Because yeah. it must have happened before at some point. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been more interesting had Area 51 happened after. <laughs> like that whole, you know, yeah. then it would have... Kind of know, predicted almost. Pre- yeah. You heard it here first. The Enterprise was just a weather balloon. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what, it, what I loved about this episode is that they kind of uh, thumbed their noses almost at the, at the Prime Directive. They kind of figured out a workaround. Mm-hmm. Because initially they were like, yeah, this guy cannot go back to Earth because right. he's he knows too much. Right. And he saw and he's been on our ship now. Yeah. But then, like, Spock starts doing research and everything, and they find out, well, he's going to have a son that's going to be the first one to go to Mars. So he (laughs) really has to go back. He has to go back and have have dim babies. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah, but yeah, that's like the whole, like, like, eh, prime directive, schmime directive. Well, they did take a pretty big chance. Oh, they they took a huge chance. Have they mentioned the prime directive at this point in the series? I am not sure. The, I don't recall. The, they may even mention it in this episode. Oh, you think so? Uh, I don't know that it's explicit. I don't, I don't know if they call it that, but yeah, they, the first they, few times they call it something a little different. I think it's more, uh, you know, they're talking more ethically speaking. Yeah. Right, and Spock is concerned yeah. about them changing things that shouldn't be changed. Yeah. Right. You know. But they, yeah, but when they, they leave them there, and they're just basically, you know, uh, they're hoping that this plan that they have works because if it doesn't there's nothing like they can't do anything to change it because they'll be gone yeah the, uh, I just looked it up on memory alpha and uh, the first mention of uh, prime directive. of the prime directive uh, happened in uh, the return of the archons okay okay yeah so shortly after this yeah very yeah. shortly after. I, wonder if, <laughs> I wonder if that you know having an episode 
like this where you, those ethical concerns were raised yeah. re, you know regarding how uh, space travel would affect a society that wasn't warp capable if that you know they were you know they had that episode and then they're thinking so how do we how do, how do we address this, this you yeah. know mm-hmm. and then that kind of rolled into the prime directive that they introduced in Archons this is also one of the first episodes that mentions something that happens between the the year that they made the episode and the 23rd century uh, because you know they travel back and they talk about his son that leads the mission to Mars oh, yeah. and, and everything and so um, Star Trek is full of all of these things that they said happened that aren't happening <laughs> like like the eugenics wars yeah. <laughs> it, what's funny how, is how that, disappointed are you what, <laughs> what's funny is that, is that from from what I'm seeing right now uh, tomorrow's yesterday was actually supposed to be a two-parter and it was oh. supposed to be part two to the naked time oh so this was supposed to be like a continuation initially but then they, uh, oh, they, but then, but then, the like, time but, travel thing. Yeah, but then, but, but then, Robert Justman went back and uh, just basically went with the original idea of the story instead of like doing a tie-in, which I could, would it would have been kind of odd for the time to have a two-parter like away from each other, like the, that far apart. Well, in episodes. they were in the same season though, so they yeah. they could have aired them back to back. But still, for the for the series itself, yeah. it would have been kind of odd. To, but but I, I guess they never really did air in production order. Yeah, they so. aired a lot right. of things out yeah. of order. Yeah. They weren't that concerned about that back then. I'm looking at you, turtleneck uniform. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we where no man has gone we're before. No, yeah, where no man has gone before in Corvette Maneuver. They were clearly early productions. Yeah. <laughs> but ended up later in the, in the airing. Yep. But another interesting little tidbit is that the second time that the whole slingshot around the sun thing was used mm-hmm. was for another Patrick song, which was Assignment Earth. Oh, okay. That was the, the because they revisited it in yeah. a later episode. Mm-hmm. I did and like to say this up. episode was far superior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and... That's when I think of tomorrow's the yesterday. The song though. was too. <laughs> <laughs> what I think. Don't make me come over there. <laughs> when I think of this episode, it reminds me of Assignment Earth, just because it has, yeah. you know, that, that same feel. What's well, yes, Earth it and does. military yeah. and yeah. But it's also a little silly. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know yeah. there's kind of a knowing wink that like we're just having some fun. You know. Yeah. So a, a large portion of your lyrics are talking about the things that that he experiences on the Enterprise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like instant chicken soup. Right. <laughs> instant chicken soup. What, uh, um, I mean, do you have anything to, to share about the, the thought process on... Uh, I was just I was just amused by, you know, something like that we would, wouldn't even raise an eye, eyebrow, but... Right. But he would, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just looking at things that have changed <laughs> since the episode came out, you know. Yeah. It's been more than 50 years, and look at these advances. It's a chicken soup. Again, yeah. again, it was just really trying to capture some of the fun of the episode. Mm-hmm. The lyrics are, are a little throwaway, but, you know, in that same spirit. So that's what I was going for. Uh, I don't know the throwaway. I mean, they're... Well, I just mean they're not... It's not a serious song, you know? Yeah. Just it's, like the, epi- it's, the episode. It's no devil in the dark. <laughs> but, but it is I, I will say that it is very accessible it is so, yes that's one of the things I loved about it well in the you know in the in the verses it has clear like 
sing-along, like catchy parts, you know, the stuff that I harmonize on. Yeah. It's, you know, you hear a ver- uh, uh, part of the verse and the second, or part of a line, the second half of the line, mm-hmm. you know, you jump in there and you, yeah. it's it's just really, really easy to to catch on to. It's, it's a very catchy song and yeah. it's a lot of fun to play. This is actually one of my favorite songs to it play live. It is fun live. to play. It's fun, yeah. I like to play it too. Yeah. It stayed in the set list for, it's not, for a, a long, long, long time. long time. It was always a staple. Actually, actually there was there was a good like three or four year period where we opened every show with The Cage and Tomorrow is Yesterday. The Naked Time. Yeah. <laughs> We still put, I mean, we, this is still certainly my most played year two song. Yeah, we still yeah. put that in a rotation, uh, in and out of rotation. We have a we don't you know like naked time. We played it f- forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, hardly we, ever play it now. Yeah, now we hardly ever play it. But tomorrow's yesterday is always a good one. Yeah, it comes back every now and then. And we we should do it tonight. Want to do something? <laughs> it's not hard to remember, really. Yeah, it's really nice. it's, except for that one Chicago convention where I forgot the words. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's definitely one of the ones that that we could we could just pull out of our ass on the fly and yeah. not really mess it up too badly. Yeah, because we played it so much. Yeah. That well, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's it, muscle memory. It, it definitely ranks up there with like the cage. Yeah. that we can just easily just kind of just yeah. be like be like they want another one. What we have we didn't practice any other ones. What do you want right. to do? And then it's we always are, well, we already did the cage. <laughs> 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 Let's do tomorrow's yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it's not like we're trying to try to bust out conscious of the king or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, oftentimes when we're recording our our songs. There are certain parts where we we don't know exactly, like usually vocally, yeah. that we don't know exactly what we're going to do with it. So we do a few different versions. And in this one, I think there were probably 12 or 15 different uh-ohs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, little inflections. Yeah. It was, it was an important that. moment to get right. Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> I remember a couple of, like, I'd hear a, a demo, and I'm just like, no. No, that's not going to work. That doesn't sound good. It's like, to try not to be nearly as high-pitched, ow! Yeah. And then, it's, and then it's just like, comes down like a register, and you're like, eh, it's better. Okay. <laughs> uh, is this, uh, was year two the one we went over to your house and like mixed in your living room? No, that was together? year three. No, that, that was, was year three. three. Was that year three? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two, we spent a lot of time mixing at Noah's house, I remember. Yeah, yeah we yeah. were still in the middle. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Yeah, year one and two and Tribbles were all mixed at, Noah's. recorded and mixed at Noah's, yeah. so mm-hmm. this is one of those. And I did a lot of the mixing at La Quinta. Yeah. <laughs> at the La Quinta in uh, Beach Grove, Indiana. I would spend all night mixing at, at La Quinta, then I would go to Noah's in the morning. <laughs> what's, your, what's your studio name for the, the credits? Uh, <laughs> the, the La Quinta? I, I have no idea. LQ Studios? <laughs> I don't think we mentioned it. I think we just listed it as whatever Noah's place was listed as. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Noah, what do you play on that? You play keys. keys. Yeah. Hey, you, have, you haven't said much, Noah. What, what about the key part? He's been on his phone. Well, I've already established that... That I, you, you play with one hand. I play with one hand. Oh, yeah. And he entertains <laughs> the audience with the other. So my other hand is free to entertain so, the audience. So when, when you were coming up with that part for your one hand, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> can, uh, can you go into let, some... Let, let me, yeah, let me walk some, you... Some, some deep detail about the thought process. Let me walk you through my creative process. Sure, sure, sure. So what I typically do during that is is like at practice I don't care about that stuff man well that's what I do (laughs) two years at practice 
you know, I come unprepared, not having listened to the song. <laughs> Me too. Okay, so so then we start playing it, right? And and I, and I playing it in quotes. Yeah, and I, I can't really hear it, so I have to turn the the keyboard amp up really loud, um, which I think is annoying to, to everybody else. But I got to be able to hear the part over everybody else because I haven't listened to the song or written the part yet. So then, what I do is I, with one hand, just the one hand, I press some keys, right? And sometimes they sound terrible. They sound bad. I'm not sure if there's some kind of um, pattern or order to how those keys are supposed to go or whatever, but I press some, some sound bad, some sound good, and I typically stick with the good keys, the ones that sound good, and, and I play those with one hand. Except for those rare um, situations where you... Yeah, I mean, everyone's there's this in jazz, there's an accidental... Where you need to spice it up. Right, or I need to spice it up, yeah. So, so in this <laughs> particular situation, I pressed a lot of keys that sounded good. Jazz keys. Instead of bad. Yeah. Yeah. Not the brown notes. Usually by the end of that first practice, you've got something that you can work with. Yeah. Usually. I do, and I actually usually. Usually do. film yourself film playing it, Film myself right? playing it, yes. Yeah. Film my hand so you don't playing forget. it, so I don't forget Is this, it. Do you, do you remember, is this one of the ones that you did that with? No. You think so? No. You, you didn't really start doing that until like maybe yeah, when, yeah, year three or so, right? Yeah. Especially so. when we just didn't have as much practice time to. Interesting really story, Noah. All right. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> you can cut that whole section out, right? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. We'll see. I think it's fascinating. <laughs> what about the drums? I think a lot of people want to know. Drums, uh, actually, for the intro, um, I used a lot of my influence from the band The Mummies, and because they have a song called, uh, called I'm Bigger Than You, and I just basically stole that floor tom intro with, like, the fill. I steal a lot. <laughs> okay, I'm influenced by a lot. I borrow. Yeah, there we so go. You use words that don't sound like criminal. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll let them know. Oh yeah, we we heard a song on the radio the other day on the uh, surf station mm -hmm. that has the exact part from Dagger of the Mind in it. By the way. Oh, the burner. <laughs> Are you talking about Out of Limits? Uh, that must be what it is. Yeah, that, that's totally what I was. But it, it's in a different key. It's not exactly the same, but it has the same feel and is very similar. It was almost. Um, and let's just put the the chord progression in Dagger of the Mind that Chris wrote is virtually identical. So. <laughs> Dagger of the Mind. It's so, like two chords. But that that was that was very intentional. So so by the time we did tomorrow's yesterday, that that was that was old hat for us stealing the yeah. song. So yeah. Well, the, 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 the bass drum beats are different from the mummy's drum beat that I, that I you saw. You gotta change it up a little. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like word, it's like not like note for note. Yeah. I gotta hide, I gotta hide my tracks. <laughs> throw, 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 throw away at least one bloody glove. It's fine. <laughs> and no music is made in a vacuum, though. We're all influenced by different things. And yeah. Or want to get a particular feel, like something that we've heard that we like or think it might fit. And that's just what you do when you compose. You know, you just try one thing, and if it doesn't work, you try something else. And, <laughs> and sometimes it ends up being uncomfortably close to something you've heard. Yeah. <laughs> and, some, and sometimes that's on purpose, and sometimes it's well, cause it was it a, it, that accidentally. Well, because it was especially true when we were doing uh, the special single, Beam Down, yeah. for, uh, for, for Vegas, what was it, 2016, I think it was? Yeah. The, yeah. the, 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 the guitar yeah. intro... 
that, 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 that Patrick originally wrote sounded almost exactly like the theme from Friends. <laughs> yes. And we were like, you gotta switch that up just a little bit. Well, the notes weren't the same. It just had no. a very, very similar feel. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was like the, almost the same cadence, too. Uh -huh. it was yeah. Like the, yeah. 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 That was that was a very good one. We were like, like Mike and I especially, we were like, whoa, hey, hang on a second. It was it was like if Green Day had played the Friends thing. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and also that that particular song was going to be heard by a lot of people. Yeah. So for Vegas, so uh, we wanted to make sure that it didn't sound too. Similar, too much like. Yeah. Uh, you didn't want to hear Ross yelling. We were on a break in the background. <laughs> Uh, I've got my notes from like six years ago. Do you really? Yeah. yeah. Um, only one thing we haven't mentioned yet, which is uh, when we play it live, uh, at the end of the song, we tag an extra uh, little... Da -da -da. Yeah, and, and Patrick says, oh well... And it ends. And Yeah, and I... I, I, I <laughs> Noah hasn't heard it since we recorded it. <laughs> <laughs> So I remember when we were recording, there was a lot of back and forth and trying to decide whether or not to include the oh well. Right, because on, we did we did have that originally. We just decided yeah. ultimately not to have it on there. Yeah. Yeah. So it just goes to the next song. 13 takes of the oh well, too. That you, then Probably. You <laughs> <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to get that session out sometime and look <laughs> at it and see. But uh, yeah, I, I, I remember trying to decide whether or not we should include that. And it was a... a not a huge controversy, but I know I think we were kind of split on it. Was it on the demo? Man. I can't remember. I don't remember if it was. I don't think it was. I, I think maybe when we were rehearsing it, we were like, we really need to have something to end the song yeah, rather than right. just have it drop off. But then when we, when we listened to the running order, it just sounded natural to go to the next song. Just kind of flow into yeah. it rather yes. than have like a hard ending. Yeah. 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 The next song is... Uh, Oh, court martial. Court yeah, court martial. Yeah. What's the one after that? Archons, it's, isn't it? It's Western Archons Swing. Archons next, yeah. Western. Western. Swing. Oh, sorry, Western Swing. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yes, actually, it is. So do you do you remember any specific times that we've played it? That anything? Uh, Tomorrow's yesterday. Yeah. Well, I, I mentioned the Chicago convention where I where I forgot the words. Yeah, that was, was embarrassing. Was that a Wizard World convention? No, that was. Um, Gosh, that was more recently. Was it the the, was it the the one at the Adler? The Creation one. Yes, the Creation one. Yeah. Oh, Creation yeah. Chicago. That's yeah. that was oh, on, that, that was on Sunday, and I was exhausted. Yeah. And I was having some hearing issues that day. Was that mm. the one where we just started playing it, and we just kind of played on the? On the <laughs> we just kind of fumbled. We just kind of waited for you. <laughs> Did we stop? I can't. Remember. I don't. I don't. I remember. think I cut out some of the lyrics and cut sooner to the rock part of the song. Yeah, okay. And I thought you guys would follow me. <laughs> you didn't we follow did me. I, didn't, I, don't remember, I don't remember. I think you, Andy, and I couldn't really hear each other very well at that show. No, no. Th those kind of uh, setups are always strange because the whole band is like packed and cramped. One, in the one side tiny, of the stage. One tiny little area on the side of the stage and we're no, turned the, down very low that, for the most part. That particular that was stage the was pretty Kaylin small. stage, wasn't it? No, 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 no. no. That, was, that was Nashville. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. What was this one? Th this one, it was it was a very small like, creation like, Star Trek. Oh convention. yeah, okay. And, and we okay, were okay, all okay, the way okay. to the left, and yeah, they they yeah, like yeah. we set up, and they were like, "No, you need to be more." And we like I do remember scooted yeah. even more, and uh, I, I 
I think at one point something fell off the side of the stage, either a person was it or you? A, it might have been, it might have been <laughs> if it was a person. It happens yeah. about every third show. <laughs> Actually, I remember this uh, convention also because uh, I met Denise Crosby. Oh yeah, and she right. asked asked us to write a song for her birthday. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> After doing the George Takei song, Where? so actually I was going to do that. It's and it, I had, it's coming. Yeah, I had started. <laughs> no, I had started working on it, and we were going to play it at Starbase Indy when she was a guest there. And she oh, can't, she, canceled. she canceled at Starbase Indy. Oh right, so right. she never got her birthday song. That. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, one of one of my memories of uh, playing the song was when we played the uh, Star Trek Exploring New Worlds yes. opening at the Children's Museum mm-hmm. here uh, here. Back in Indianapolis, yes. yeah, I've just recording in Kentucky. Just a, a year ago, yes. yeah, it's about a year ago. Yeah, and, uh, they used as promotion. Yeah, they they filmed us while we were playing, and then like a, about a, less than a week later, they had edited the video of us running through the exhibit, mm-hmm. and then us playing it on stage in like their big giant atrium lobby. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I said I think that really helped reboost that song because it was from year two, but we yeah. just played it last year, and then. So many people got to hear it again, get fresh ears, and I think we actually did wind up selling more copies a year too after <laughs> that because I did see a few few more downloads and I saw a few copies getting ordered of that when people started realizing which one it was on. That's probably the most memorable performance of that song since because of the occasion. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's the main one that I think of now. Um, and it, I think we had some talk at the time about featuring a song that was so old, but I, but it made sense since we were in this museum. Uh, exhibit mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. something that stood out. Well, it was, it was also it was also another was. another one of those where it's like it's like it has a very distinct sound. It's very catchy, mm-hmm. and then plus they were talking about editing video over top of it over our, our live performance. Right, and that's one of the ones that we already mentioned. It's going we kind of do on like autopilot a little bit. We can, yeah, yeah. we've done it so many times. It also isn't very long. Yeah, yeah. So and it was for promotional it, purposes. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I think even the the video that they made that they used it doesn't even have the intro. Yeah. It just starts at, yeah, the, at, the, at the faster part. Uh oh. Yeah. Starts at the uh oh. Uh huh. <laughs> Did we do this song on um, one of the uh, morning morning shows? I can't remember if this is one that we did. I feel like we did. I know we did. I think we did it, and they cut off. The ending. Oh the yeah, ending. yeah. 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 Yes. And they, yeah, they cut it off at the end of the rock part of the song, which, which is fine. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have the backwards tape effect, so he just yeah, they busted right in there. They, they, did, they didn't understand. <laughs> that sounded, that sounded like an ending. Only they're not done. Crap! Oh, we're already a commercial. <laughs> we're playing for ourselves. Let's face it, <laughs> indie style. Indie style. It, that's it. That's yeah. right. Did we do I, that two years? Yeah, because we did it for year one. Yes. Yeah, we did Naked Time. And Miri. Naked Time or... Oh, yeah, we did Miri, that's right. Naked Time and Miri for the outro. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Which year did Mike and I sit behind the news desk like we were... Year one. I think that was the first time. That was the first time we there. We just snuck over there when no one was there and took the picture. (laughs) It's a great picture. It is a great Uh, picture. So, uh, anything else to say about tomorrow is yesterday? I think we've... Minded as much as we can. <laughs> uh, for me, it was just you know a fun little experiment, and um, I think it kind of led into the more experimental um, process of making your two. Yeah. So, I got a question for you, Mike, in regards to this song. Uh-huh. Uh When when you started first working with the song, did you feel that this had betrayed your original vision for the band at this point, or had you accepted that we were going in a totally different direction? Well, he he didn't mention 
No, no, he does mention tomorrow as yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah. Is yesterday. That's right. That's pretty much the chorus. Yeah, between Patrick and Chris, it was just completely... It was, it was off off the rails completely. <laughs> so you had given, You're welcome. You had given up hope yeah. at that point. Right? Yeah. You just settled in. The project never returned to Mike's <laughs> original <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's still year five. Yeah, yeah. That's true. We could, we could always make year five super ambiguous. Yeah. <laughs> year five, the non-Star Trek album. <laughs> we'll make it, Shh, we'll make it tell, a black album. Don't tell we'll anybody else. Black. Don't tell anybody else these songs are about Star Trek. <laughs> By now, you should not have figured out these songs are about Star Trek. <laughs> Nobody has to know. So, uh, we could talk a little bit about uh, actual modern-day Star Trek. Okay. Has everyone seen all the episodes of Picard? No, yes. it hasn't, I bet. Yeah. yeah. No, no, oh, yeah. oh did, did you watch it here? here yeah, here we, we, we watched it with Claude. Okay. Yeah. I'm so. all caught up. I know Picard is the bald guy, the older bald guy <laughs> on the show. I figured that out. Um, and now you figured out that, that is Star Trek Picard. That, that's Star Trek Picard, yeah. Okay. This is, I thought this was, I thought episode five, the one that aired most recently, aired, quote unquote, was the best one since the premiere. Yeah, I agree. That's yeah. pretty good. Well, yeah, because now they're kind of like on their quest yes I yeah. guess there were like three episodes of getting ready yeah. to quest <laughs> there's actually sort yeah. of a, a team now yes in place. Yeah. Like a, an ensemble that can play ensemble. off of each other yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I well, thought I, I really enjoyed the the disguises in this episode yes and, and Picard yeah, that's what I was going to say accent. Picard's accent yeah. I, I, I believe <laughs> his, his eye patch yeah. yeah Picard I mean back when they started TNG he was supposed to be French, right? Yeah. But it yeah. didn't work. Oh, it didn't work very well. Oh. I tried to do a French accent and they didn't like it, so they just had him be British. Um, <laughs> but and the, and you know that ever since then he's wanted to do this ridiculous French accent yeah. for an episode, <laughs> and he finally <laughs> he got finally the chance. <laughs> I, I awesome. find it hard to believe that they never had a holodeck episode on TNG where they allowed Picard to have a French accent <laughs> because they did every other dumb thing on a holiday episode well maybe he didn't have didn't quite have the star power yet I guess and the, the producers were able to put their foot down mm-hmm. but now he's got too much star power he's a, he's a producer yeah. uh-huh. of Picard and he can be like no I'm gonna do it yeah. <laughs> it's my time now well, <laughs> this, this right system. here this is my time right here yeah. <laughs> that that back there that all ends the second we write up Troy's, Troy's bucket. bucket a few more seconds and we'll all be flat <laughs> now did you guys notice the two quirk easter eggs in this episode I only noticed the one. You told me about the other one. Uh, yeah, because they because Picard, Picard, not Picard. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Santiago. Yeah, he uh, he, ma- he he mentions that uh, Mr. Mr. Cork of Ferenginar. But then I heard him say Ferenginar, but I missed him saying. Cork. Yeah, he said Cork. Mr. Cork. Yeah. yeah, but then when they're first landing. In uh, what was the name of the place? Free, Free Cloud. Free Cloud. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the skyline, you can actually see a sun, like a neon sign for Quark's bar. Uh-huh. So I'm wondering if Quark left DS9 and moved his operation down there, or if he's franchised. <laughs> I pr- I prefer to think that he's franchised. I, I would think that he's franchised. Yeah. By this point, he's yeah. like he basically wanted to be like the McDonald's R- of like the bar world. <laughs> R- Rom's living in Free Cloud, and he's running the Quarks there. That makes sense. 
wait, Rom's the Grand Nagus. Why yeah, would... He's no longer the oh, Grand yeah, that's Nagus. Right. Yeah. He's been demoted. Already? Yeah. Brunt, Brunt took over. There was also... FCA. There was Tranya drinking. Yes, there was. Last, uh, yeah, there was. I was very amused by that. Yeah, they mentioned Tranya. Yeah. Well, it was also Tranya that knocked out Bruce Maddox, who we finally right. got to meet in person. Yes. And he didn't last Briefly. long. He didn't last long, yeah. No. Nobody lasts long on this show. <laughs> oh, yeah, hey. Spoilers. <laughs> um, that, that was the same actor from that played Bruce, right? M- Maddox? Is that the same actor? What do you mean? Was he on a previous? Was it? Was he in the from, next generation? From, oh yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. Did he work with? Uh, yeah, it was the episode with, with Data. Oh, was it? Okay. I don't. Yeah, I don't it was, that was a Measure of it Man, me- right? It was Measure of Man, right? Okay. Uh, that, is that the same actor? Uh, I'm about to look that up if I can find him on. He, he looks so. Well, he I mean, he's so much older. I couldn't Dr. tell. Soon. Huh? He, he talked about working with Doctor Soon. Right. No, I mean, I know it's the same character. Oh, okay. I was I, the I, actor, I, the actor. asking if it's the same actor. Yeah. I will say this is probably the first episode where the actor playing the pilot didn't make me want to call him Isaac, <laughs> the guy from Heroes that paints the future. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, that's a oh, right. <laughs> that is the same actor. It's him, it? yeah. I knew I recognized him. Yeah. It really bothered me the I first time I saw him, and then it clicked <laughs> who yeah. he was. I never would have put that together. I, I, watched. I knew he looked familiar. I yeah. just, I, that, that's right. That's, that's who he is. I watched mm-hmm. He died in the first season, didn't yes, he? Yes, towards the end, yeah. 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 I watched the first and well, si- the second season. Siler. Yeah. Spoilers for heroes. <laughs> Siler kills him and ta- yes. gets the, the you know, ability to do the vision. I think right. the statute of limitations has been reached on spoilers <laughs> for heroes. Yeah. I mean, it, it is not 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 the same actor that okay. him in TNG. I, I was wondering that because I was looking at him, I, I, like looking closely, like is that the guy? Because it's been so long. Yes. You, I just couldn't tell. Okay. Well, then that's. I mean, I, I don't mind him so much, but th- this episode was a little bittersweet for me because I really I'm a huge fan of uh, of Echeb. Yeah. From yeah. Voyager, mm-hmm. I really liked that character, and I was. It's pretty sad to see him die so tragically. Oh, gruesomely. Yeah. But okay, which leads us to the return of Seven of Nine. Yes. Yeah. Which, holy crap, I want to know a little more of her background right now as, what was it, a ranger is what she was? Yeah, that's what so they referred to her as a ranger. Okay, yeah, I want to know if there's like multiple rangers. Which seems like, like, sounds like it. Di- I don't know if it's like a dying off weird little faction that's hunting down. Well, didn't they call her... So, like the angel or some, was that? Am I making that up? I think so. Maybe not. <laughs> well, there's there's got to be I, multiple I because she was. I mean, she she talks like she's part of a a collective kind of uh, almost. Yeah, I mean, she does. I don't know if it's like made up of former Borg that are going around uh, trying to save all these people that know, the, are the, harvesting The, the other rangers are, are Harry Kim, Tom Paris, <laughs> oh, man. Chakotay, Please don't, Neelix. Shush. <laughs> don't, don't let that be true. <laughs> Naomi Wildman. Oh, my God. <laughs> but no, I was, I was glad to see her back and I got kind of a badass. Yeah. Like quite the badass. She well, she also though has, is clearly damaged. Oh, very much. I mean, yes. she's she does not have you know the classic Starfleet sensibility. Well, yeah, even yeah. in Voyager, she was a little bit like that, but yeah, but she was on the path towards being Becoming, yeah, yeah. Humanoid again. It, it almost seems as if she's 
uh, you know, what... Something the, something has steered her in the opposite direction. Yeah, the, the, the humanity that she regained, she's kind of stifling that a little bit so that she can... I wonder if she does that, at, you know, just to justify what she's doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Because she believes in what she's doing, but her methods are definitely questionable. Yeah. Very. Yeah, this and, episode seemed like it took away a little bit of her arc from previous... Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, it makes me we, wonder if this is just a one-off or if she's going to be back. Yeah, we, we would need to I'll know more. I'll she'll be back. Yeah, yeah. and that's, what, that's the thing I was about to say is uh, I'm, I, I like that they left it open. Yes. So that you don't know, like, what's going to happen with her. Maybe and they don't know either. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> ho- hopefully we'll see her again because uh, she was a Maybe cool she won't addition. be back till season two. Now, now remind me, they, the, she and Picard did not meet in any of the movies, No, right? they've never okay. met. Because they, that's the thing a lot of people were asking online. It's like, it's like how did they know each other? It's like, well, there's it's been some time. time. Well, no, yeah. well, it's also because... Voyager's because, pretty famous. Well, no, it's because of Locutus of the Borg, and he right. was part of the collective. Yes. And, and, so and he's the captain of the flagship. Sense of the yeah. And Voyager comes back with all that Borg tech. Well, and also, and, uh, and also because like Picard immediately was like, seven of nine. Even though they hadn't met, but obviously within the collective hive mind they of the Borg. But they could have met. They could have. They haven't really explained that away yet, but so far, I mean, like, the main theory is because of the Borg collective. He, like, he's a little bit infamous, is. too. Well, yeah. One would think that once Voyager got back... That everyone on that ship probably that everyone was well known. knew who Picard right. was. Yes. You know, he would have known who, who everybody on the ship was, and he probably would have met all of the major players from Voyager. They, yeah, they seemed pretty know. familiar with each other, but yeah. they haven't really explained it away it yet. Would, but it, I, I would be interested to hear a little backstory on mm-hmm. their... How they how kind of know, know each other. other. And even if they didn't know each other, they clearly knew of each other quite a bit. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So that's going to wrap up this episode of Five Year Mission, the podcast, a.k.a. for this one, another edition of What Are Little Songs Made Of? That's been Mike and Noah and Patrick and Chris and me, Fark. Me, Fark. Me, Fark. New audience. Me, Fark. You tell people about this episode, as I'm sure you will. Anyway, we're going to go play a rock show. Actually, we're going to go eat dinner and then go downstairs into a basement and play a rock show for a bunch of people that have been drinking since 9 a.m. And it's going to be 10 p.m. when we hit the stage, so it should be an interesting one, like it is every year here at Concave. See you next time. Live long and prosper. All that. Fansets is your home for all things pop culture pin related. Head over to fansets.com right now. Right now, Mike. Can you go ahead and type type in fansets.com for me? Hey, look at you typing away. <laughs> they got all kinds of neat stuff over there. From Fantastic Beasts and Star Trek and Irwin Allen, Firefly, Aliens, Predator, Valiant Comics, and so much more. Head over there right now, fill up your cart. They got some new releases from Wonder Woman 84, which I'm actually looking forward to seeing a DC movie for once. But yeah, head over there right now. They got a bunch of new releases. They got a Star Trek Discovery episodic pins that just came out. A few other Discovery pins. Uh, a couple of new releases from Firefly. Uh, apparently, by the time this airs, they're going to be making some new announcements for new pins over on Twitter. Uh, apparently, something to do with a Voyager Delta. Oh. So uh, they're teasing it over on Twitter right now. So follow them at Fansets, all one word, and you'll be able to see what we haven't been able to see by the time this recording comes out yet. 
Fansets. Our pins have character. And we thank our friends over at Fansets for sponsoring this episode of Five Year Mission, the podcast, and all the other episodes of all the other podcasts on all the other Trek Geeks network of podcasts. That was perfect. And if you head over there, you can get a discount 15% off your order if you check out by using the discount code Five Year Mission. That's the number five and year mission in all caps. Go over there and do it right now. We have officially launched the Five Year Mission Patreon. On there, you can see posts with pictures and videos of behind-the-scenes shenanigans with the band and the podcast. There are different levels you can sign up for, where you'll get exclusive merch and videos and unreleased tracks and demos and other stuff from the band and the podcast that you wouldn't normally get if you didn't follow us on Patreon. The different tiers you get to choose from go from Ensign all the way up to Admiral, and one of the perks of being an Admiral is that you get to be a producer on this podcast. This week's producers are Neil Carpenter, Debbie Rinke, Helen Lake, Carol Jones, Steve and Frankie Palopoli, Madison Rachel Jones, Becky and Roxy, and of course, Jim Morehouse. So head over to the Five Year Mission Patreon right now and sign up as an Admiral, and your name could be listed at the end of the next episode of Five Year Mission, the podcast. Just go to patreon.com slash five year mission. That's the number five year mission. Well, there you have it. <laughs> there you have it. We didn't actually listen to the episode in between <laughs> doing the intro and then now this outro, but wow, we talked about Picard and it's been off the air for a few months now. We did talk about Picard. Like we said, it was in February. We didn't know what we were talking about then. Yeah, we had no idea what was coming this year. Right. <laughs> Woof. But now everybody knows. Everybody's now heard this episode, which was most likely crappy audio of us talking about tomorrow's yesterday. So stay tuned for the next episode because we'll be back with who knows what. Oh, there goes the dogs fighting over bones. And so that's my cue to end this. See you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Five Your Mission, the podcast. If any of you are interested in listening to more of our music, you can check us out on YouTube or Spotify or iTunes or pretty much anywhere that you can listen to music. Just search for Five Year Mission and we should be the first thing that comes up. If you would like to contact us in regards to the podcast or anything else that you want to talk to us about, you can email us at fiveyearmissionband at gmail.com. And for more information about the band, you can go to fiveyearmission.net and also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.